welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, Elevate Life, thanks for joining us today. This is a very special weekend for our church. We hope it's a very special weekend for you. We're continuing our Good News series, but on top of that, this is Baptism Weekend, and we want to encourage you. We believe as a church that a believer can baptize a believer, and so we want to encourage you with your family, with your kids, with the people that you're around. Join us in, in celebrating baptism, this, this, this raising from death to life, that in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we're a new creation, that the old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that's what baptism represents. We want to encourage you today to baptize yourself, baptize your family, film it, share it with us, tag us in it, tag our church in it online on on social media. Feel free to email us your baptism story. We want to share that uh, with our church. If you need help figuring out how how to be baptized or how to walk through the process of baptism, we have a video that's right now on our YouTube page that our team can share with you, that you can go to YouTube and see that video that that Pastor um, Jeremy and Carissa filmed just for us to be able to resource you as a church. And again, please share with us that story like you saw the story today of, uh, of Clay and Whitney and, and Layla. Share with us that story so that we can all be encouraged that God is still doing new things all throughout our lives and all over the world. And we're so grateful that you're willing to do that. And we're so happy for you and excited for you uh, in a digital way to celebrate with you your baptism. Uh, Let's get started. Let's jump in. We're going to be continuing by talking about good news. What I want you to do, if you're not standing up, uh, stand up with me. If you don't want to stand up, uh, I don't really care because I'm not watching anyway. So just put your hand on your heart. They're going to put this on the screen. This is our declaration. So just say it with us. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to get better for me, but think, but 2020 will be my best year ever. I declare that 2020 is double-double for me, double blessing, double anointing, and double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my paths will drip with the abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. You you give yourself a hand clap, throw some fire emojis in the chat right now. Uh, Don't do anything. I don't know. I'm in an empty room right now and I'm not quite sure what you're doing. This is a little bit different for me. Uh, But we we are glad that you're watching and we're glad that you're participating with us this weekend. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to James chapter two and, uh, and I have my screen, so this kind of feels normal for me. So James chapter two, verses 14 through 20. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna just jump right, right in there by talking about uh, some good news. So in James chapter two, starting in verse 14, here's what James says. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good, good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, well, some people have faith and others have good deeds, but I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. 
You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? We're talking about the good news today and what better verse and passage of scripture to share with you than, than that verse. James chapter two, verse 26, the Bible goes on to say this, just as the body without breath is dead, also faith is dead without good works. And I know that's like the most encouraging passage of scripture that probably you've looked up this week that you've, that you've read, maybe you've heard, maybe even Googling, like, hey, encouraging Bible verse. And that one really stuck out to you. Uh, I know it did to me. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Uh, but I want to talk about how we can create good news, how we can have good news that happens in our own life. And, and, there's, and there's, three, there's three things I want you to do. But, but before I get into those three things, I want you to think about this. In every situation, in every circumstance, there's two different things that are happening. The first thing is there's a whole lot of stuff that's out of our control. There's a whole lot of, whole lot of external things that we can't control. Like right now, we can't control whether or not we have services in this building. Uh, many of us can't control whether or not we go to work. Uh, we can't control how these different things that are, are going to work in our life and in our situations right now. But there are things that we can control. And I want to, and I want to center around those three things. There's three things that we can control. And there's a lot of different ways you can break this down, but it comes, comes down to three basic elements, okay? You can control how you think, you can control your attitude and you can control what you do. We can't control anything else beyond that. We can't control when this situation is over. Only God can. That's why, that's why we're operating in faith. Last, our last series was called Faith Talk and we talked about how to have faith. And I think a great way to, to take a next step into uh, living the good news and being the good news is to understand what we have to add to our faith. So James says that you have to add good deeds to your faith. Well, what determines the good deeds that we do is our thinking and our attitude. Those two things combined come, to, come together to form, our, to form our actions. So I wanna give you the first one, just really quick. The first one is, I wanna encourage you to think unity over self. You know, most people in situations and circumstances like this, not just today, but all throughout history, people's tendency whenever difficulty happens is to get really self-focused, really get focused on their family, on what's happening for them, on what they wanna do, or on, on their own personal fears, or or whatever, um, what we have to do. This is what James is talking about. It's one thing to have faith. It's one thing to believe. It's one thing to say, hey, I buy into this whole Jesus thing. I love that the Bible has sarcasm is it? Sarcasm in it, because that gives me permission to be sarcastic. He says, you, you say there's one God. Well, good for you. Even the devil believes that, right? So it's not just about, hey, like I believe in Jesus and you know, I'm a part of this Jesus club now and I'm a part of a church and now I feel like I have my family. That's wonderful. That's, that's 100% what a church is for, but why? The reason why that church exists, the reason why we exist as a church is my, I just felt my button come loose. So I'm gonna button it right now in front of y'all. That was, that was weird. This is like a live moment right here. It's when my button come loose on my shirt and I like it better buttoned up. Some of you might think that's not cool. Uh, I feel like it's pretty cool unless someone tells me it's not. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. You can know this is uh, being filmed live because I just did that. So James tells us, okay, James tells us that it's not just enough to just believe. We have, to, we have to choose to be the kind of people that do good things. And to do good things, we have to see beyond ourselves. 
We have to see past our present situation. We have to see past what's happening in our own life. We have to look at our finances and our family and our faith and all these different things and not just go, hey, what's in it for me? What am I getting out of this situation? We have to think what's in it for other people. So a Belgian draft horse, this is a picture of a Belgian draft horse. This is not a Photoshop. This is a real picture of a horse. And uh, that's a real picture of people. They're, they're not little people. They're normal sized people. And a Belgian draft horse, many of you might've heard this before, but a Belgian draft horse um, can pull 8,000 pounds by themselves. The interesting fact is that when two horses, when two Belgian draft horses pull a load together, we would think that they can pull, okay, 16,000 pounds because 8,000 plus 8,000 is 16,000. But together, two Belgian draft horses can pull 22,000 pounds. And a well-trained team of horses can pull 32,000 pounds with just two of them. Uh, in, a different, in a different story, this is a bridge uh, that was called the Broughton Suspension Bridge. In April 1831, a brigade of soldiers marched in step across this bridge. And according to the accounts of the time, the bridge actually broke apart beneath the soldiers, throwing dozens of them into the water. Now, no one died or anything, but they all got freaked out because as they were marching across this bridge, it created what was called resonance within the bridge. Now, I don't have time to go into physics. You can look that up for yourself or you can maybe ask your high school uh, children what, what resonance is, but it created resonance with, with, within the bridge, which literally caused the bridge to come apart just by, just by marching. So when we come together, we create strength. When we come together as people, we create resonance. We amplify our frequency with each other. That's what resonance is. It's an amplification basically of a frequency. It's literally the volume turning up on something. So when we come together, not only uh, does God say we're stronger together than we are apart, physics says that. Science shows us that a horse, two horses, two Belgian draft horses can pull way more than double the weight. The Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight, which means if one can make a thousand people run away, then two can put 10,000 to flight. Two people can make 10,000 people run away. So we have to, in different situations and circumstances in our life, especially when we're faced with adversity, you know, it's really easy to think unity and generosity and, hey, it's all about other people when we have extra. It's really easy to think, man, like I'm going to think unity when I have a whole bunch of extra time. It's really easy to say, hey, I'm going to serve and I'm going to be a part of, of serving in a, in a church or serving in a local community uh, whenever we have plenty of free time on our hands. It's hard whenever things start getting busy. It's hard whenever we, we enter situations and circumstances where we would have a tendency to be selfish and, and to be withholding. And what we have to do is intentionally especially in seasons, seasons like this. And this is our encouragement to you today. Intentionally in seasons like this, we have to think unity over self. We don't have the privilege uh, as people of God to just think about us. There's a whole lot of people out there in the world that are doing that. They're, they're spending all their time thinking about how things uh, are gonna affect them, how things are gonna affect their personal situation. But what God asks us to do, like in the book of James, if you see someone without food or clothes, and you don't do anything for them, it's useless. We don't, we don't, we don't wanna just be people that listen to good news. Like a lot of us right now, there's more demand for good news than ever. It's really why we're doing this series. But we're not just gonna be people that listen to good news, that look for good news. 
We're going to be people that create good news. And the, and the first way we do that is we start thinking unity over self. So whatever you're going through, whatever's holding you back in your life, I don't know what that is. It might be, might be really related to the situation that, that we're experiencing in the world like it is for the rest of us. Whatever you're going through in your life and, and, and whatever's holding you back or standing in your way, I want to encourage you with this. It can be turned into a source of strength by thinking about more people than just yourself. You know, for me in my own life, I think about the times in my life when I get most, the most inward focused and I get the most uh, uh, in, in situations of despair or anxiety or I get downtrodden or depression or whatever, most of those times happen when I spend a lot of time thinking about how things affect me personally. How does this affect me personally? How does this affect my life? How does this affect my situation? If we can be the kind of people that step out of ourselves and say, hey, I'm gonna intentionally think about other people. I'm going to intentionally do something that's not about me, but it's about someone else. Then what begins to happen is we begin to have a lot less focus on our problems. We begin to see our problems in a whole different light. We begin to minimize our problems because we're maximizing the solutions that we're bringing to everybody else's life and circumstances and situations. And I've often found that I don't have time to think of my own pain when I do that because there are other people suffering and I'm too focused on them. And the truth is for many people, the only person they know to think of is themselves. Some of us know people like that. Some of us are people like that but I'm not talking to them and I'm not talking about them. You see, you might be watching this today going, man, that first part, that was like decent. That was a, a decent thought. And I feel like someone else needs to hear that. If you're saying that to yourself, you're missing the point of what I'm talking about because we're talking about what's controllable and what's uncontrollable. You can't control what another person does or doesn't do. You can't control how they think or don't think, but you can definitely control what you do. And so my encouragement to you today and my question to you today ultimately is how are you thinking about your life? How are you thinking about yourself? How are you thinking about your time, about your circumstance, about your situation? Uh, because the Bible wants us to think unity over self. The second thing is we gotta be trusting in what we can't control. So it starts with our thinking. I gotta have the right, I gotta have the right mindset in this thing. I gotta have the right perception. I gotta, I gotta think unity over self. And then what I have to begin to do is I have to develop the kind of attitude that says, I'm gonna trust God in areas that I can't control. You know, uh, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus fed uh, 5,000 men, uh, even more women and children, but the Bible didn't include them in the count. Jesus fed 5,000 uh, men with five loaves and two fish. And, uh, you know, the disciples, he, they'd been preaching and Jesus had been doing his deal all day. And the disciples they said, came to him and they said, hey, everybody's really hungry and we need to be able to feed them. And Jesus was like, what do we have? And this boy came and he said, hey, I, had, I just have this, this, my lunch, which is five loaves and, and two fish. And, uh, and that boy had to decide and I feel like in this situation, this is where we are as people that, that that boy in that story had to decide to trust God with something that was out of his control, which was feeding all of these people. I mean, you think about your natural perspective. Each one of us has our own personal five loaves and two fish. We have our, our thing that we maybe perceive as being small. 
And sometimes we tend to not trust God with the small, with the smallness of where we feel like we are right now or the smallness of what we feel like is happening in our situation and not allow that to get outside of ourselves. But what God wants us to do is to be like the boy in that story that says, you know what? Like, God, I know that this might seem like not a lot. For me, it is a lot, but to you, it's not a lot. But I know with you, uh, small things can become really great. So Jesus feeds the 5,000. And the truth is our greatest, our greatest sources of fear, anxiety, uh, doubt are always in things that we can't control. Your greatest source of fear right now that you have in your life, your greatest source of anxiety that you have in your life right now is in the area that you can't control. You see, in this, in this, in this story, um, the disciples were, were very concerned about what they couldn't control and that was feeding that many people. They're like, Jesus, how are we gonna do this? You know, it's crazy. There's no way, there's no way that we can feed all these people. So they're developing all this anxiety about the things that they couldn't control when Jesus could control it. And Jesus did control it. I love what, what, uh, what Marcus Aurelius said. He said, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. The shortcut, let me give you a shortcut. This isn't a good shortcut, but this is a shortcut that uh, we often take. Uh, the shortcut to despair and powerlessness is to focus your energy, efforts, and attitudes on the things you can't control. Like so much, so many of us right now, Maybe you're watching this and you're this way. Maybe you're watching this and you're not this way. Can you help someone else to be like you? And what I mean by that is so many of us are spending so much time thinking about all the situations that we can't control. Like, when am I going to be able to do this again? When is the, like, when are sports going to be back again? When is this going to happen again? When are we going to be able to go to a restaurant again? When are we going to be able to go to a to church service again? And we're so focused on that. And that is the number one way to give your power away as a person. That's the, the things, because you start getting focused on all the stuff that you can't control and that will affect your attitude. It'll affect your thinking, number one, but then it'll start to affect your attitude about your circumstances and situations. And so we decide, we ultimately decide what we're gonna make out of each and every situation that we encounter in our life. We can't always control what happens to us, right? But we can, we can control how we respond to that. You and I are the ones, that's, the ones that decide if a situation is hopeless. We decide if there's no way for a situation to get better and we decide if we have nothing to offer. So if you look at yourself right now and you think, man, like, I'm just like a five loaves and two fish kind of person. Or if you read the story of the talents in the Bible and you think, man, I'm just really a one talent guy. You know, even in that story, in, in the story of the talents, the person with one talent took it and buried it in the ground because they felt like they had nothing to offer. The master that gave them the talent thought that it was a lot, uh, but they felt like it wasn't a lot. And it's, and it's up to you and I to decide if something's hopeless. You know, so many people, they walk away from a marriage because they decide that the, that the marriage is hopeless. So many people walk away from circumstances and situations and relationships and they walk away from, from a lot of different stuff because they decide that they can't trust God in, in ultimately things that they can't control. You know, we look at our spouses and we think, God, how can, how can this person ever get fixed? How can this situation ever get better? Can you just practice something? Can you practice, well, two things. Number one, hold on and don't let go. But the second, the second thing is practice trusting God with people and circumstances and situations that you can't control. And too many times we don't approach life with an attitude of trust 
in what we can't control. We get so focused that we become crazy about the things that we can't control. And many of us have seen this. I, I'm not like rehashing this whole toilet paper situation. Probably most of you have been able to buy toilet paper in the, in the past couple weeks. I know, I know we have in our house, but when you start getting overly focused on the things that you can't control, what begins to happen is you freak out about the stuff that you can. So what happens is people go, okay, I can't control the situation that's gonna happen in the economy. So I'm not going to be generous anymore because I can control that. I can control if I hedge everything. I can control if I build a big wall around myself and prevent, prevent something from coming in. People do this in personal relationships. They go, man, I can't control if another person ever hurts me. So what I'm going to do is just close myself off to any kind of intimacy and any kind of relationship. Uh, and that, that, creates all, that creates way more issues than it solves for us. What we have to be willing to do is understand that God has a great plan for our life. He has a great plan for our future. He has a great plan for our country. He has a great plan for our family. And what we have to be willing to do is say, God, I trust you in the areas of my life that I can't control. I trust you in what's happening in the economy. I trust you with what's happening with my job. I'm gonna do my very best, but I'm gonna think unity over self. And then I'm gonna be trusting in the areas of my life that I can't control. And I can't control people and I can't control circumstances and I can't control situations, but I can control the attitude that I decide to have, the way I choose to feel, the way I approach my life, which will ultimately lead to the actions that we take. And so the final thought that I have for you today is you and I, we have to do what is up to us. You have to do what is up to you. So think unity over self, be focused on, be, be trusting in what you can't control. And the third thing is do what is up to you. I love the, uh, I've never gone to like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting or, or anything like that, but I love the serenity prayer. I love the idea of the serenity prayer that, that when someone goes to an AA meeting or an NA meeting or whatever anonymous meetings that people go to, they, they pray this prayer. They say, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, Epictetus, who was a great philosopher in antiquity, he, uh, I, I'm not gonna read this to you, but this is the Greek and I thought it looked cool up on the screen. So I went ahead and, and, and did that. What, what that, what that um, it's actually a saying that he said, it's ta ephemin, ta uk ephemin. And what that means is what is up to us and what is not up to us. The kind, of, the kind of way that we have to live and the decisions that we make and the things that we decide to do, we ultimately have to have the thought processes and the ways of living life that we know what is up to us and what is not up to us. There are certain things that you and I are focused on right now that aren't up to us. So we have the power to let those things go. But we do have to get focused on what is up to us and we have to decide to do something in that area. Don't let the, the immovable object that you might feel like is in front of you right now that you're not in control of, take, take your power in the areas that you are in control of. And that's what that serenity prayer is. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. There are things that I cannot change. There are things God can change. I can pray for those things to change. I can have faith that these things are gonna change, but God, I need to accept the things in my own life that I can't change, the courage to change the things I can. And that's what I wanna talk about for a minute and the power to know and the wisdom to know the difference. So we have to have the mentality and the way of living that says ta ephemin or ta uk ephemin. And what that means is what is up to us and what is not up to us. If something is not up to you, don't work on it, okay? But if something is up to you, work on it. 
So many people, they live life and they let what's not up to them control what's up to them. So they say, uh, like, well, in my situation, right? I talk about food a lot. If you've never seen me talk before, uh, I talk about food a lot. It's, it's my issue. Pastor Keith, you'll, you'll see him talk and he's very healthy and he talks in, in very healthy ways. Uh, me and food have a healthy relationship if you consider healthy to be uh, that I like delicious food. Um, and so oftentimes in my life, I'm a celebratory eater. I'm a person like I have a, I have a, I have like a long day, like a, like a day that's just like, man, like I did so much today and I feel so accomplished. The first thing I'm going to go do is I'm going to go like eat a bunch of trash. Um, because what's not up to me dictates what's up to me. Some people choose eating as a form of, of therapy. Now I don't encourage that you do that, but too many people let what's not up to them affect what is up to them. So people go through hard times and they say, okay, because I went through this hard time, Here's what I'm going to do. What you, really, what you and I really have to decide to do is let go of what's not up to us and just be focused on doing good things in the areas that are up to us. I love what uh, Mr. Rogers said about helpers, and I want you to watch this video. Okay, so then we're going to play the video. Hi, Dad. Thank you. Here's Maddie. I'm going to talk about Maddie in just a second. All right, so we're going to play the video. You ready? I love that. I love Mr. Rogers so much. Honestly, one time I was watching a, a video of, of Mr. Rogers and I was just crying. I don't really do that. I'm not like that emotional like that. And I was crying and Courtney, Courtney looks at me. She goes, what are you doing? I go, Mr. Rogers, he's a national treasure. Anyway, I love him. I, lo I love what he said. I love what his mom said. Like, look for the helpers. There's always people that are helping. What gives us confidence, what gives the people in the world confidence right now is that no matter what's happening around us, no matter what's happening outside of us that's external, there are people that are helping. There are people that are jumping in that, that, is, that are saying, hey, what is up to me? What is up to me? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna step into this thing. I'm gonna make whatever happen that I can happen in this situation. And I wanna tell you about some helpers in our church. I wanna encourage you with just some really some really brief stories and some really brief thoughts. And some of these people are on our staff and some of them are servant leaders, but we're so grateful for them. And the first person I wanna talk about is someone who's I think in this room right now, her name is Maddie Pilgrim and she's on our staff. She's our project manager in our creative area. And uh, she's, she's helped, we've, we've launched all kinds of new teams. We're doing all this stuff online with the hosting thing. You know, Maddie basically single-handedly has run this online host team. Uh, Maddie's helped to make all these shoots happen that you're seeing happen. She's scheduled and onboarded new servant leaders. She's, she's learned how to launch teams. She's launched new teams and she's, she's developed all kinds of different learning in, in all these different areas. And because of that, she's helped us as a church be able to reach more people than we've ever reached in the history of our church. The next person is a, a person by the name of Teresa Jeffrey, who we call her sweet tea. She is like a linchpin in our church. She's, she's Pastor Keith's research assistant. She helps with all of our database stuff. Uh, she, she is like the, the foundational piece behind emails that we're sending out and social media posts and documents and videos and all this different stuff. I can't even tell you the amount of stuff that Teresa ha has been doing and has been working on, not just in this season, but forever. Uh, she's, been on, she's been on staff at our church for almost 20 years. Since the very beginning, she's been this kind of person. She's a helper. 
Then, then one, of, one of my favorite servant leaders in our church, this is Vivian, Vivian Frierson. And, uh, and Vivian uh, is, is uh, if you don't know Vivian, you need to get to know her really well. She serves, on our, uh, she serves on our host team regularly. She's been serving on the outreach team and she's taken the lead. Uh, she just decided to take the lead with our entire first time guest process and our VIP team right now. So if you're gonna get followed up with this weekend, if someone's gonna reach out to you and talk to you, it might be Vivian or it might be someone on her team. She's been, she's been modeling and encouraging people to take the prayer walks that we've been taking. She's been calling first time guests every week, helping to train new servant leaders that are joining our teams and helping people understand how to make a meaningful contribution in this season. She's a helper. And then we have another one named Lihia. This is Lihia Hutchins. And uh, Lihia served in all kinds of different ways. A lot of us know, know Lihia. She's not a bashful person. Uh, we love Lihia. And, and what Lihia has been doing is she has answered the call. She's joined this new VIP team too and made calls to all these first time guests. She's been hosting watch parties. She's served at all of our outreaches and all of our events. I've seen her at the blood drives and the grocery bag stuff and all of these different things. And she even stayed late. Uh, Pastor Sheila and, and Glenda were, were delivering some Easter bags and Lehia stayed late to help make sure that, that all the Easter bags got, got delivered and put together. And then, and then uh, Warren and, and Kristen and Lawson Reinica, I just say Reinica, he's, he's, from, he's from South Africa. Uh, their, their son crew is, is on our staff. Um, their family is like the helpers in our church right now. They have served and, and taken the lead on our, during our drive up food pantries. While our team was bagging groceries, we needed some extra groceries and they personally went to the store from here, from our property. They went to the store and they paid to make sure we could bag 25 more bags of groceries. And then Lawson is so excited. She just loves being here. She serves on our kids' worship team and has been serving with them the whole time. Like how many of you know if you're a parent, I have a two-year-old, so I hope that one day I get to the point where my daughter loves to be involved in church and loves to help as much as, much as Lawson loves to help. So in our church, what I want you to focus on, what we want you to focus on is the helpers. There are always helpers. There are people right now that are making so much happen. There are people that are on these online chats right now that are, that are talking to you, that are standing with you, that are praying for you. You know, the thing is we're all going through this together as humanity. We're all experiencing the same kind of, uh, you know, base level of difficulty. Not, not that it's all the same difficulty, but we're all experiencing a lot of adjustment. And there's people in our church that have decided to say, you know what, it's not about me. I'm gonna do what's up to me. And that's to make people feel loved. And, and that's just five people. That I, could, that I could mention to you. The list is insanely long. So there's always helpers, focus on them. And I wanna encourage you to be like one of them. I love what Charles Spurgeon said, who's a great preacher. He said, and let the entire body of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, instead of looking to societies for evangelization or to commerce or to governments, remember that the church is the sole savior of the world. As Christ was the world's hope, so, is the church the world's hope? And she must take up the charge as if there were not another. You know, a lot of people are like looking for good news, right? They're looking for the news people to have good news. They're looking for the president to have good news. They're looking for the government to have good news. And that's not any of their job. It's not anybody else's job to bring hope to the world except the church. Jesus came and he brought hope, hope to the world. And through him, 
We have the power and the opportunity and the privilege to be the one place in the world that's bringing hope like nowhere else. And we have to, as the church, take up the charge like there's not another. And so here's what people who live with faith and and do what they can do, can do. See, we have to decide what's up to us and what's not up to us. But if we can think unity over self, if we can be the kind of people that trust God in the areas of our life that we can't control and stop freaking out, get a hold of our emotions and start going, God, I trust you with all the stuff I can't control. And then start doing what we can. What begins to happen is we begin to make miracles happen. I want to tell you about some things historically that have happened in the history, in the history of, of the church in the world that God has used us in powerful ways. So eyeglasses were invented in the church. The first Gregorian calendar was created by Catholic astronomers. The science of genetics was founded by a guy named Gregor Mendel, who was a priest. The theory of the Big Bang was invented by a Catholic priest named, named Georges Lemaitre. The first ever universities and colleges started in churches beginning in the 11th and 12th centuries. To this day, 83% of colleges in the world Uh, were founded through the church. Braille was developed in the first ever school for the blind, which was founded by the church. The first hospitals began in churches during the fourth century. Some of the greatest art and artists that have ever happened uh, have happened because of the church. Michelangelo's painting of the Sistine Chapel. This was the church who made this happen. The first systematic bodies of law and law schools were founded in the church. The Latin alphabet, which is the most widely used writing system in the world, was spread by the church. 65% of Nobel Prize laureates identify as Christians. Today, the church is the largest charitable and volunteer organization in the entire world. We have the power to change things on a global scale. Think about your personal network right now. All of us are living online. All of us are super focused on social media. We're, we're just fully digital because it's the only way for many of us to stay connected. How many people are you connected to? How many people follow you? How many people do you have relationship? And in times like this, this is, this is the opportunity that we have. We're more connected than ever before. We have more people that are looking at what we're doing as individuals than, than ever before. And what are you choosing to do with that? Because this is up to you. It's up to you and I what we decide to do. You know, all of these inventions and all these great things that have happened in history and all all this good news. I mean, a lot of that stuff's good news that's changed the whole world. It didn't happen during the best of times. It didn't happen when everything was good and we just got a whole bunch of extra time on our hands. No, there was a need. And someone said, man, this this is up to me. There was something that existed in the world, a problem that existed, that needed to be solved. And someone decided who was, who was a Christian, who was a church, a church person who was a part of the church. And the church is not a place. The church is a people who is a part of this gathering of Jesus said, you know what, my job, what's up to me is solving the problem. I love what St. Teresa of Avila said. She said, Christ has no body, but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the, wor- all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now, but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body on earth, but yours. You know the word gospel, that we've been talking about. You heard Pastor Keith 
share about it last week. Literally means good news. It's just what it means. Um, there's a Hebrew word for that. There's a Greek word for that. But it just, means, it just means good news. And you know what the good news is? The good news is, is that there's people in the church. The good news is not that there is a church. The good news is that the church is people. The church is you and I. And in order for us to be the church, in order for us to bring hope to the world, we have to understand the kind of gospel that we're living out. We have to understand that people need good news from us. So what do you need to do in order to give people good news? You gotta, you gotta think right. You gotta think unity over self. You and I will never do anything good if it's all about us. We gotta be the kind of people that, man, I just trust God in areas of my life that I can't control. There's a whole bunch of stuff I can't control right now. Honestly, I'm not gonna be focused on that because I got way too much to do that I can control. And then the third thing, we just gotta do what we can do. What can you do right now? We believe in giving three different ways here at Elevate Life Church. It's not just about giving, but it is about living a life of generosity. We believe in giving three different ways, giving of your time, giving of your talent, and giving of your treasure. Two of those are not financial. You know, some people go, hey, the church is all about money and they just want me to give. Yeah, sure, we want you to give because through giving, we are, we are able to bring a lot of hope to a lot of people. But we, we would love for you to give your time. We would love for you to give your talent. You know, there's all kinds of teams that are happening right now. Some of you, you've been in our church a long time and you're not leading a home group yet. I would encourage you to do that. Step into that. Why? Because people need you. It's not always about us and our personal needs and all the things we need. Always look for the helpers. Can we be helpers? Doesn't matter how long you've been watching us, how long you've been in our church, whether or not you've even ever been physically present in this building. Can you just step into being a helper? Because God wants to use you to bring hope to the world. God wants to use us to bring hope to the world in messages and worship and all of that is good and it's fine, but that doesn't, that's not the thing that's going to change the world. What's going to change the world is when people decide to be the kind of people that think unity over self, they think selflessly, that have the kind of attitude that says, you know what, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I can't, can't control and I'm going to trust God with that. And then ultimately they do what they can do. And as we finish today, I love what Paul Gilbert said. He said, you're writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by deeds that you do and words that you say, men read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? I've heard Pastor Keith mention that and read that so many times over the course of my life. What is the good news according to you? What is, what is the good news that people have in relationship with you and in, in life with you? What is the good news that you're sharing and that you're spreading today? So many of you that are watching this, you're, you're Christians, like you already have a relationship with God already. You've, already. you've already heard the good news. And so we have to live out a life that's marked by hope. We have to live out a life that says, hey, I'm gonna think this way, right? I'm gonna think unity over self. I'm gonna fight to not think selfishly about my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the kind of person that trusts God in what I can't control, no matter how hard that feels in a moment or in a season or in a circumstance or a situation. And then ultimately I'm gonna get focused on what I can control, that I'm just gonna do what I can do. I'm gonna do what's put in front of me right now and watch how God multiplies that and watch how God uses that. I mean, all these stories that I've told, I hope that they're encouraging to you. I hope that they've helped you to feel lifted up today that you can be an inventor, you can be a thought leader, you can be an artist, you can be a person that brings great beauty to this world if you decide, if you and I decide, we can be that way. If we decide to get focused on, on being that way, if we decide to get focused on the things that we can control. Hey, what I wanna do right now is that I just wanna pray for you as we, as we end our time together today. You know, cause there's some of you that are watching that 
um, this term gospel might be unfamiliar to you or you might know about Jesus and just maybe have no relationship with him. And maybe you, you, you've been sitting here watching this and you know, just feel like, hey, like maybe God's speaking to you or you just feel some kind of nudge on your heart or however you would characterize it. I don't know, I'm not really great at characterizing that for myself, but you just know that you know that you're not in a right relationship with Jesus and you wanna be, you wanna accept this good news. You know, we've told the story about Jesus as Christians for over 2000 years and it's just as powerful today as it's, as it's ever been because it's all true and it gives us so much hope. And, and, and your, your responsibility today is not to feel condemned, not to feel ashamed of yourself. You're not meaningless, you're not useless. You have a purpose, you have a great calling on your life. And you know, the thing about God is He's not mad at any one of us. Uh, he sent His Son Jesus over 2000 years ago to bring us grace and to bring us hope and to bring us love and to bring us mercy. The Bible tells us that God's goodness leads us to a place of repentance. And repentance isn't just about saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is about being a person that decides to go do good to go be the good news to the world. What's the gospel according to you? You know what we have to do? We have to start with acknowledging Jesus Christ as, as our Lord and Savior. And, and as different as that might be for you, we believe that through Jesus, hope entered the world. So when we decide to pattern our lives after Him, that's all it is. It's not about like making Jesus some king of your life, but it is about saying, okay, like I see this man, I see this person named Jesus who is divine, who is truly God and truly man. And I'm gonna live my life the way that he lived his life. And I'm gonna do things like he did. And I'm gonna bring hope to the world like he did. What happens is God begins to lead us and guide us and give us the power to do that. So if that's you uh, and, and you just know, hey, now's the time for me to make that decision. I, I, wanna, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just say this with me. You can say it with your eyes open. You can say it with your eyes closed. However you wanna say it, whatever makes you feel comfortable in this moment right now. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me be new. I give you my life. Amen. That's it. Now you're in the family. Now you're part of the club. You're part of the church. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here because you're gonna help us bring hope to the world like never before. You're gonna be a person that serves and gives and loves other people, not because it's about you, but because it's about them. You're gonna get involved in, in other people's story. You're gonna create so much good news. And when you do, share it with us. Share it with your local church if you have a local church. If, you're in, if you don't have a local church, man, Elevate Life's a pretty good church for you to, for you to be a part of. And the thing about local church now is like just local on the internet. So we're, we're glad to have you. And hey, if you've, if you've been watching, if you've been a part of our church and you wanna take your next step, maybe your next step is getting involved on a team. You know, we have all kinds of teams for you to get involved in. You can go to our website and see that. Maybe it's to lead a home group. Maybe, maybe now's the time for you to step out and lead a home group or at least join one. Jump into a group, plug in. We'd love to have you. We'd love to serve you. We'd love to make you feel loved, to understand the hope that you have to bring to the world uh, because you sure are amazing and you have a great purpose and God's doing some great things in you and through you so that he can do the same thing um, in other people's lives. Hey, if you're not standing, well, you're not standing because I didn't tell you to stand, but I probably never told you to sit down earlier. So maybe some of you stood the whole time. I don't know, I can't see you. Can you stand on your feet though and put your hands up where you're at? And I'm gonna speak this blessing over you. Some of you know this, so say it with me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, then who can be against you? If God is on your side, then whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, that your leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, say it like you mean it, it shall prosper. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.